When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Welcome and thanks for listening to episode 10 of the Michiana People podcast. My guest for this episode is Drew Elegante from the South Bend Brew Works. Now, even though Drew isn't originally from South Bend, he's adopted it as his city and is making great strides in the revitalization of the downtown area. Drew's passion for the community really comes through in the interview and made me excited for the future of downtown South Bend. Uh, Now, we recorded in the bar, so there is some background noise. I apologize for that, but we were in Drew's element, and that makes the interview even more authentic, in my opinion. Before I move on to sponsors, I wanted to get word out about an event happening at the Century Center on May 20th. The Lead Michiana event is from 8 to noon on Friday, May 20th, and the theme is Greatness Isn't Born, It's Grown. I met Justin Most, the host and founder of Lead Michiana at a luncheon this week and was instantly impressed by him. The speakers for the event include Les Brown, who is an author, world-renowned speaker, and recipient of the Golden Gavel Award, Darren Hardy, publisher of Success Magazine and a New York Times bestselling author, Bonnie St. John, who is a Paralympic ski medalist, Fortune 500 business consultant, Rhodes Scholar, former White House official, and best-selling author, And, of course, the host will be uh, Justin Most, who will be coming on an upcoming interview for Michiana People podcast very soon. Lead Michiana was created to expose local business and community leaders to the best thought leaders and most successful practitioners from around the country. Our belief is simple. When leaders improve, everything they lead improves. When leaders grow, everyone around them can grow. Uh, I, I really love these types of events. I will be there and am excited about that. If you'd like to inquire about tickets, you can go to leadmichiana.com and all the information is right there for you. Once again, this is on May 20th, which is a Friday from 8 to noon. Next, I'd like to talk about our sponsors. We are sponsored by Mapletronics Computers. You basically just want your computers to work. Uh, Whether you're a home user or you have a large network, you just want the crap to work. And Mapletronics is a company that can make that happen. If you'd like to find out more about Mapletronics and get a free gift from Mapletronics, Go to www.mapletronics.com forward slash Michiana people, and there's a free gift waiting for you. We're also sponsored by MSW, MSW Marketing Services. Actually made my website, designed my logo, and Grant does an excellent job in taking care of his clients. I highly suggest you go to facebook.com forward slash MSW Michiana and check out Grant's work and contact him if you need any help with your social media marketing. And now on with the show. Hi folks, thanks for tuning in to the Michiana People podcast. My guest today is Drew Elegante. 
And Drew is not originally from South Bend. Are you originally from Alabama? I was born in Huntsville, Alabama, yes. Okay. That is really interesting because my son is doing his uh, grad school work in Huntsville starting in September. UAH? Yep. <laughs> interesting, yeah. So my, yeah. my brother went to UAH. I uh -huh. ended up growing up in Dallas, Texas, actually. Cool. Uh, so, but I, I visit there, and he's actually in Madison, yeah. now, which is just a suburb of Huntsville. So, yeah. yeah. We were uh, we were kind of on pins and needles because the only way he was going to get his grad school work done is if he got either a TA or a RA position for meteorology and they, they finally called him last week and said he's in so uh, mom and dad are happy <laughs> yeah good deal so um, I, I kind of went through uh, and did some uh, Google stalking of you read a couple blog articles and all that okay. and uh, it looks like you had a computer science degree still do and, yep. and uh, you decided to come to Notre Dame to get your MBA uh -huh. And uh, after an MBA, the world's pretty much your oyster, but you decided to uh, put your roots down right here in South Bend. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I often uh, hark back to the time as a kid when I was a Cubs fan uh -huh. to sort of represent how I tend to root for the underdog. Good for you. And want to fight for stuff that I believe in, places uh -huh. and people that deserve it. And I right. just saw South Bend as, as one of those places, uh, a place that was a little bit down on itself, uh -huh. but... Uh, had some great, great things going on in it, some great potential, some good people, and I just wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a part of a city in transition, a city that was redefining itself, right. a city that had an opportunity to do some really amazing things. And so, right. um, as I looked at my future and thought, you know, where can I, because I went back to grad school because I wanted to have more impact in the world, right. for good. And when I looked at my opportunities and I, looked at South Bend, I thought, well, I'm going to have a lot more opportunity to have impact here 20 years from now, mm -hmm. if I look back and I spend my time in South Bend, I probably can be able to say, wow, we really did something great. Right. If I choose this job in Seattle, which pays really well, uh -huh. great benefits, uh, but it's Seattle, you know, Seattle is already pretty great. It doesn't right. need, it would be much harder for me to do the sort of impactful things that I uh -huh. want to do. Yeah, so, right. yeah, that's why I chose South Bend. And I think you're uh, making quite an impact because South Bend Brew Works is really cool. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, uh, when you get my age, you get kind of set in your ways and you don't go to new places so much, but my wife and I are trying to break out of that. Sure. And uh, we came here a couple Fridays ago and not only does it look cool and the beer is very good, but uh, there's an energy from everybody who works here that like they're all trying to accomplish the same thing, which is which I think is really good. Yeah, our mission is uh, building a stronger community one brew at a time, uh -huh. and we really try to live that out. Right. Um, Tell me a little bit about the give back portion of uh, South Bend Brew Works. Sure. So we call it our Beer for Good program. Uh -huh. And with that program, originally, every time you bought a beer, you got a token. Now it's every paid beverage. So uh -huh. the people who are buying, you don't drink for whatever reason, you still want to be able to participate. We still want people to be able to. So everybody gets a token if you buy a drink. Uh -huh. um, but the goal was we wanted to be a B Corp, which is a, not an uh, IRS. Uh-huh designation but is a triple bottom line business you can get a certification certain states have okay. a b corp okay. um, but basically it, instead of just having a profit motive you also have a people environmental focus so okay. what they call a triple bottom line business we wanted to be that 
um, those businesses by default give 10% of their net profits back to community organizations. Uh-huh. So when we looked at how we wanted to do that, we wanted to do it a little bit differently than everyone else, um, try to innovate on it. So right. we hatched upon the, the donation scheme. Uh, so basically when you come in, you get your drink, we give you a token. It's kind of an innocuous bottle cap. Mm-hmm. We have three different denominations. You then take that bottle cap to this pillar in the room and you make a you choose where that donation goes to. Right. So you're not actually making the donation. We're the ones at the end of the month who write the check, but um, you get a say in where that money goes. Okay. And so we did that for a couple reasons. One is we want people to feel like they're invested. Uh-huh. We really want people to feel like South Bend Brewers is their place. Right. None of us are trying to make it our place. You know, it's uh-huh. not like this is mine. Right. Uh, this is ours. You yeah. know, this is for everybody, and we right. want you to come in and write your name on the bottom of the stool. Uh-huh. And you should be able to have your own mug on the wall, right? You know, because this is a family. It is a community space, uh-huh. and we want people to feel that. But we also wanted to get that repetition. If you go back to marketing, it's all about the repetition. You got to get the message into right. people three, four, five times before it sticks. Right. But we want people to know that when they come to the Brewers, they're going to make a donation. Like mm-hmm. They're always going to be giving back to one of our community partners. They're going to get a great product, right? Uh, but they're also going to be doing that give back, and so it really helps us to get sort of lifelong customers, those regulars, right off the bat we had a lot of regulars. Um, in some of the times when the beer wasn't quite as good or the food wasn't quite as good or the staff wasn't quite as good, it, it, it acts as a as a buoy essentially, it right. us, you know? Right. You might say, mm, the beer hasn't been great this, this past couple of weeks, uh, but then you say, you know what, I'm still going to give back to charity, I'm going to go back and give it another shot. Yeah. So it gives us a little bit of... Um, sort of a cushion, of right. a safety valve, if you will, for right. for that. And when you're when you're starting up, you're going to go through that. You know, uh-huh. You're going to have those challenges. Right. Uh, even businesses that have been around for a hundred years have those challenges. Yeah. So it's always I, nice just to have another thing. You know. Yeah. I spent a lot of years in the restaurant biz. I know. I know where that. I know about the ebbs and the flows. Sure. So. It's a. It seems to be like a, a cocaine addiction. Yeah. You know, wild highs. And <laughs> right. Right. Depths of despair. Right. So the token program is really cool. Uh, the the fact that you get it, you get the bottle cap for every drink, and you know that that's doing something. That is really cool. And I was really happy the night that I came out to collect quite a few bottle caps because my <laughs> wife was driving us home. So right, you know, when I've seen I've seen people with 10, 15, 20, you know, sometimes they'll collect them from the neighbors and then they have yeah. a, a nice stack of them. Uh-huh. I also like it because people have this like it's tactile, so they can sit there. And yeah, have, you know, part of the reason people like to have a drink is they have something in their hand. Right, they can always like well, whatever that other hand is doing. They don't uh-huh. have to like worry that they're doing something weird. They've always got the beer in their hand. They can talk. Right. Um, so this is something you can play with. I've seen people playing games with uh-huh. it. Yeah, so, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's not just fun; it's also having a tangible impact. So, in the first full year we were open, which was 2015, uh-huh. we gave twenty-three thousand dollars wow. to those three community partners, which uh-huh. is that's that's impactful. That's a substantial it amount is. of money. Uh, yeah, I like to tell people for scale and perspective that uh, Whole Foods Mishawaka gave twenty-five hundred dollars. <laughs> The local organization, right? So right. I, I can rest assured that they do way more than ten times the amount of sales that we do. So, right, right. Uh, and one tenth of the give back. So it's a significant amount. You know, that's money yeah. that could have been in my pocket, could be paying off my student loans. Uh-huh. Uh, but instead, we're putting it back to work in the community because we see it as an investment. So these are true partners. We don't swap out the partners. Right. We do work with other organizations uh, like Logan Center. We did something special with them in March for their nose on campaign. Okay. We had a special beer where we matched the donation kind of on the back end mm-hmm. uh, for every one of those sold. So uh, that works out for everybody. Right. Uh, Logan Center directs people to us, which is great. 
um, they get money out of it. Mm-hmm. Our community partners benefit in addition because more people are buying beer anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it was a win for all of us. We ended up writing a check for almost $300 to them. Which in the scale of their nose on campaign of hundreds of thousand dollars isn't a ton, but it's it's something you know, right. for, for a small organization to be able to give back like that. Right. That's, it's really nice. That's really cool. Um, talking about the, the just the interior of South Bend Brew Works, we are sitting at a table that used to be part of a bowling lane at Beacon Bowl. So all the tables in here have the, the bowling lean look. They're finished and look look fantastic. And I believe the chairs, where, where did those come from? The chairs are from St. Joe High School. Wow. So everybody who ever spent some time in Father Bly's Old Testament class has uh-huh. sat in these chairs because these were installed many, many years ago. There's a bolt into the floor kind that had the built-in armrest that uh-huh. were uncomfortable. Um, and we're in there for years and years and years, but when they finally moved to the new school and Father Bly retired, they, um, we found them at the restore. My friend Larry found them and said, hey, there's these great chairs, you should come and get them. <laughs> so we came and got them. We had to put some bases on them because they were awfully tottery. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they, those arms that we, that you would have written on uh-huh. in grade school, we took them off because you didn't want that. You want to be able to get close right, to the table. Right. But we didn't want to throw them away. It was like, man, yeah. ah, we just felt really dirty doing that. Uh-huh. So, inspired in part by the flight trays at Evil Check, we turned them into flight trays. So you kind of go to beer school oh, cool. uh, when you get a flight here. Yeah. So we, we took a hole saw and we drilled out eight two-inch holes and every uh-huh. one of these things. And So yeah, now they're flight trays. That is super cool. Yeah. So the, the other thing I noticed is uh, your, uh, your tap poles. Um, and I know that was designed by a local artist. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So the front of the bar, actually, the bar front, which is what you would kick if you were sitting in the uh-huh. chair, is made from reclaimed pallets from the old Ward baking facility, also Cremo. That okay. Was on Portage Avenue. Yeah. Um, that was a bakery over 100 years ago. There were a ton of these pallets in the basement. My buddy Paul Ford, his family had owned the building, and they were trying to scrap as much as they could out of it before it went on to the next owners. And so he gave us these pallets. We took apart uh, a couple of the pallets. The pallets are actually like inch-thick oak. So they're called, they were actually skids, but back then they had so much uh, timber that they could just use rough oak. Wow. <laughs> To make pallets with, um, which would you know would never do. No, yeah. Uh, so they're heavy duty, and the wood is high quality. Uh-huh. So I had a buddy, uh, Rothman Oberg, who uh, owns a company called RMV Designs, uh-huh. and he bought some antique gears on eBay and then sculpted some of the pieces of wood from yeah. a couple of deconstructed pallets into tap candles. So yeah. we have those. We have those today. They're yeah. nice, like kind of original, unique feature. Right. That's a cool look. It's really cool that you've got a lot of South Bend's history right here. You're, you're, we, for a place that is, uh, we're just over 19 months old now, um, there's a lot of history here. So we wanted to create a place that felt like it had been around for a while, uh-huh. but brought with it its own sense of history. Right. But that also really celebrated South Bend. It's in our name. It's uh-huh. a place that we want. We wanted people to be able to come here and have an a sometimes atypical South Bend experience to walk through the door, look around and say, wow, this could be in Chicago or Brooklyn or Portland, which I've heard people say. Right. Uh, but it's here in South Bend. We've heard people come in and say, this is South Bend. Yeah. Especially people who lived here 10, 15, 20 years ago. They're just blown away by 
sort of the quality of the place the finish it's definitely eclectic it's uh, certainly you can tell that some of the work was done by hand right uh, but it definitely has a feel to it it has sort of a warm warm welcoming feel right right it's 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 really cool and I, I suggest if you're in the area that you stop in it's it's really neat now, one thing I really want to hear about, I, I read a little bit about it briefly, but I want to hear about the mistake beer that ended up uh, ended up being good. Sure. So, um, we are a small-scale brewery. We brew things one barrel at a time, and we don't have the big shiny tanks that other people do. Uh-huh. We actually ferment the beer in these blue plastic containers. Uh-huh. We put a food-grade liner in there, so it's all, you know, safe and, um, and all that, but... At the end of the day, it's still a blue plastic barrel. You know, uh-huh. it's not very glamorous, but it works. So every time we brew, when you're ready to take the wort that you've made, after you boiled it and cooled it down a little bit, you're going to transfer it into these fermenters. Uh-huh. You set up a couple of fermenters, you sanitize everything really well, and then um, as soon as you're, you fill one, you grab the other one and fill it up too. Right. Sometimes we also have beers that we we have what's called a, a cellar, and so we try to keep uh-huh. that around 65 degrees, uh-huh. and that's what we typically ferment our beers at. But sometimes we want to ferment a beer at a warmer temperature. Uh-huh. So instead of putting it in the cellar, we leave it out in the brewing area okay. where it's naturally warmer. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we had a couple of beers that were sitting out. They were saisons. They had finished uh-huh. fermenting, so they were ready to be crashed and then kegged. Yeah. I was making a beer called Dr. Chinese Love Potion. It's a hoppy wheat beer. Okay. Went through the whole process. Everything went smooth. Great brew day. Got my fermenter set up. Uh, waited till the wort had cooled to a sufficient level that I could transfer it, and then grabbed the hose and stuck it in one of the fermenters and walked uh-huh. away. So when I'm doing the transfer, I'm often like checking to see how the transfer is going, testing to make sure the temperature is correct, mm-hmm. and all those things. So I, I, um, I open it up to do the test, and it's almost all the way to the top. And I thought, wow, that was really fast. And I look over, and it looks like I've only put 20 gallons into this. From now, these vessels uh-huh. will hold 55 gallons in them. Okay. I was like, what the hell? You know, how did I manage to do this? Uh-huh. And I thought, okay, logically, maybe there's like an air pocket at the bottom or something like that. So I grabbed a paddle, sanitized it, sanitized my arms, poked around in the bottom. Yeah. I couldn't feel any air pockets. I scratched my head for a little bit. And um, there were three of us brewing at that time. And I had just started brewing, by the way. This right. was like a couple months into my uh-huh. my stint as a brewer. And I typed out a message to the other brewers, and I said, I just filled up the fermenter when I put 20 gallons in it. I had no idea what happened. Just like, uh, question mark, question mark. Right. I stand up, and I turn around, and I knock into uh, a fermenter, an empty mm-hmm. fermenter. Actually, two empty fermenters, because... What I had done was to, instead of transferring into an empty fermenter, I had transferred it into the already uh, fully fermented fermenter. Uh-huh. And so I was like, oh, shit. Uh, how? I, I had no idea what was going to happen. You know, right. I'd never done anything like that. Nobody else had either. So I was uh-huh. like, oh, just a bonehead move. We were all laughing about it. Um, I was going to call it Drew's Folly. Uh-huh. And somebody's, it was a mix of, um, so our saisons are just numbered in a series, saison 01, saison 02. Uh-huh. So someone, and it was Dr. Tiny's Love Potion that I was brewing, so someone was like, well, why don't you call it, you know, Dr. Saison? Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, sure, well, we'll see what happens. Right. That thing, um, so when you, you ferment 
when we ferment, it's much like a home brewer would. So there's a bung and a hole in the top, mm-hmm. and there's an airlock in there to allow the gases to right. come out. And yeah. instead of just gases, it was foaming. I mean, it was foaming <laughs> everywhere. Foam was coming out. It looked like a rabid dog. Uh-huh. I was like, <laughs> you know, part of the problem there is that you weren't worry about like, is something going to get contaminated? Right. Is that bacteria or something going to get in there? Uh-huh. And so I just let it keep going, and I tried to like clean off the top every day uh-huh. and, and kind of check on it and smell it and see if it smelled okay uh-huh. you know it finally stopped foaming and it had you know what had happened is that yeast had reactivated with the advent of more sugar uh-huh. and it just poured a very sugary liquid in there so right. the yeast went crazy again and fermented this liquid and it ended up uh, we took it to a brew festival that was over at the brick uh-huh. and people loved it I they heard it like, was I heard it was a hit really want this yeah Dr. Cezanne, uh, but you know, like, I, I might have been, might be able to recreate that, I might try to do it again, I actually need to make more of that Dr. Tiny soon, but right. it was just, it was just one of those things, and what was nice about it was I could laugh at it, Yeah, you know? yeah. because if you, if I had screwed up that beer, like every one of these fermenters of beer that we had down there represents, you know, $500 to $1,000 worth of revenue. Right. I could have just had to pour that down the drain. Yeah. That's, that's not a happy thought. Uh-huh. You know, it's a few hundred dollars of raw ingredients. Right, uh, right. Who wants to do that? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was nice that we were able to get a, a product out of it that was not just sellable, but also right. very popular. Right, so, right. It's kind of the fun of the size of the system that we have, that you can experiment with things like that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's not as much of a catastrophic failure if we were brewing 150 barrels at a time and we had done that. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it would have been a different circumstance. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that is just one of many ways in right. which I have screwed right. up. That's a neat story. I believe uh, Tapestry up in Stevensville has a beer that they ended up, it ended up being a hit that was not the same type of mistake but a similar a similar mistake and they uh, it ended up being one of their one of their top sellers so that's pretty cool well, yeah i mean think about some of the most important things that we have in our life you know penicillin or uh-huh. you know, sticky notes aren't that important but you know right. most things were total accidents right right you know somebody just left a petri dish sitting out and lo and behold <laughs> antibiotics were discovered and yeah so um certainly not <laughs> quite to the level of antibiotics right right yeah accidents can sometimes be awesome yeah so what kind of other things are happening south bend that are exciting that uh, that you're seeing i i know the river life festival is coming up soon but what what things are going on as far as the 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 kind of reconstruction regeneration and what things are you involved with and what things are do you know about there's a lot of use of uh, music and art in this city mm-hmm. to drive revitalization. Right. So I'm actually one of the organizers of the River Lights Music Festival, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to be a great showcase for not only our river and our new River Lights, but just the town in general, Yeah. Uh, which would include Revitalize Downtown that has a lot of great new businesses in it over the last five years. Uh-huh. The J.C. Labber building that is Kitty Corner to Corby's on LaSalle Street uh-huh. is undergoing some... Um, it was a sheet metal shop for a long time right. and has really only been closed for, I think, three to six months. But uh-huh. now we're hosting shows in there, like music concerts. Brewers have been there selling beer, so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. The Birdsell Mansion has been used in a similar fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of people taking a new look at some older structures and thinking about how they can put them back to productive use. Right. Um, so for me, that's amazing. I think 
some of the other gains that have been made over the last few years have just been in, in terms of the welcoming nature of South Bend, the diversity here, um, certainly a lot of press recently about like the gender-neutral bathrooms based on some stuff in North Carolina about the, um, you know, this build, business welcomes everyone, about the religious, whatever the kerfuffle was last year, about the LGBTQ community, um, just people reaching across across boundaries and fences to try to be intentionally more inclusive, so trying to get our Latino population more involved in the downtown, to join our African-American population, to get people to become active again as mentors, and, you know, just really active citizenry participating in helping to make this into the city that they want to see. Right. I mean, that, that's what I'm doing here, is mm-hmm. I, I want to live in a really cool city. So right. anytime I see an opportunity to help make or create something, I get involved. Right. Um, I'm not waiting for somebody else to do it. And I think there's a lot of people today that are doing the same thing. Right. It's funny. I you know I have been in the Michigan area most of my life. I spent a couple years outside of it. But I, and I'm a little older than you. But <laughs> the this area has never really had the type of issues like this is happening in North Carolina right now. And, and even other parts of Indiana are different. Yeah. Uh, this area has always been a little bit more inclusive and, and you, you always see people who have maybe different experiences, different backgrounds and different belief systems actually just hanging out. Yeah. It just seems to be more common around here. And that's kind of that's kind of ties into the music scene around here because the, the music scene, I know it's burgeoning, um, but it's there's always been some great artists uh, from this area. I mean, some of our great Motown artists actually came from this area. Yeah. Uh, Billy Sticks Nicks, who still performs around here, came sure, from here, yeah. and, and he was with uh, Junior Walker, who came from here. They actually used to play my dad's school sock hops before cool. uh, before they got big. So, yeah, nice. so it's uh, it's uh, it's really a cool community, and uh, I have to say I'm really glad that you stuck around. It's uh, it's really uh, I actually saw you over at uh, LaSalle Kitchen and Tavern. What was it Saturday night when Elephant Rescue yeah, was playing? Yeah, yeah, And your whole crew was there. Um, and yeah, I didn't even know they were there. Yeah, and. Just a nice, nice group of people, you know, having fun and uh, enjoying the music, and it's just, it's just great, and it's really cool to be able to come from here to a packed house, and then go there to another packed house, and just see, just see the commerce, the commerce working. It's yeah, really, it's no, really neat. that's exactly how it should be. I yeah, mean, there's nothing forced about it. It's just people in their everyday lives but they're making that choice to be downtown they're making that choice to appreciate live music they're making that choice to be engaged that's that's just a it's just a different perspective from what people have had for a long time right Um, but you're right I love it when I come downtown and you can't find a place to park and I come Uh out of the blue works because it used to be like only one person would be busy you know Mm -hmm. but now um, I leave here, walk down the street on a Wednesday when I, I came out of here packed at the Brewers, we had an event. Mm-hmm. Walked down the street, Chicory was packed for their uh, trivia night. Uh-huh. And I walked up to South Kitchen, it was really busy. Uh-huh. And so it was just like, you know, this is the middle of the week and this downtown is kind of buzzing. And right. it, it, it must be 
like it was, you know, you hear people talk about the heyday of South Bend and how busy the downtown was. Uh-huh. And Robertson's was here and, um, and all those places. And right. so it's just nice to get that back. It's nice to be able to help offer that to the people who missed it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they remember South Bend as this really vibrant place, and it's... Um, I know there has been some friction with sort of an older population who for a long time has been working hard to create things, and then this guy younger population is coming in and is doing things, uh-huh. and maybe not including them as much or showing them as much respect as they think they deserve. Um, right. But really, at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We just all want that vibrant South Bend right. back. Right. Um, right. And so I'm, I'm confident that we can get there. We are getting there. I mean, yeah. SB 150 last year, 50,000, uh-huh. 60,000 people. Yeah. This River Lights yeah. thing is going great. And the, the power that social media has had in connecting, reconnecting yes. with the city. Yeah. Um, this is definitely a Facebook town. It has made mm-hmm. it so much easier to, you know, River Lights, we announced it nine days ago, uh-huh. nine days ago. And we've already sold over 100 tickets, and we've got, yeah. uh, you know, the biggest radio station in the area on board as a media sponsor. Uh-huh. And we've got, you know, the visit the visitors bureau helping right. promote it. We haven't <laughs> even started promoting it. Yeah, yeah. And it's already so popular. Yeah. So it's it's just, you know, if if social media didn't exist, and we didn't have so many deeply connected people, I don't think mm-hmm. we'd be seeing. Right. sort of revolutionary right. but that goes back to South Bend being a connected place whether it's connected by the railroads or connected by the uh, you know the dark fiber right. of the internet connected uh-huh. by the university connected by shared experiences and cultural heritage whatever mm-hmm. it is right um, it's kind of that connected place so. yeah that's and then I'm, I'm really glad you're a part of it it's uh, it was it was really really nice seeing you around town and, and uh, you're a popular guy so I didn't I didn't take any of your time I didn't take any of Dave's time uh, either because we've we've already had plenty of chance to chat so yeah <laughs> I, I let some of his other fans talk to him yeah you know I I um I sometimes get people saying oh I see you on Facebook everywhere I don't know how you go to all the things uh-huh. you know a lot of times Maybe it's because I post more than other people, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I try to get out and, and see things. And a lot of it yeah. is because, you know, you're thanking me for being here. But I feel like this has become, for me, home. And uh-huh. In a way, you know, I lived in Dallas. I lived in Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. I traveled literally all over the world. Right. Um, and this is a place that just feels like home. I feel very comfortable here. I rarely want to leave here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many... I was in Australia. Uh-huh. Okay, in 2012, I went to visit my brother who was living there. We went uh-huh. to New Zealand for 10 days, right. and then we went to Australia. I was sitting on an island in Australia at the Great Barrier Reef, daydreaming about South Bend. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, All that right. sounds really crazy, yeah. but that's how it is. I was just so excited about the people and the places and the potential, you mm-hmm. know? It's, uh, it's just a great place. So I, I have a home here now. I live yeah. around West Colfax. I'm close to downtown. Mm-hmm. I own a business. So right. Active volunteering. Mm-hmm. You know, active in terms of like spending my money at other businesses right. and bringing people to those businesses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and I love it. So, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, we're, we're, we're glad to have you. Glad to be here. If uh, if our uh, listeners want to check out what's going on at South Bend Brew Works, how do we get a hold of you? The uh, best way to do it is on Facebook. That's the most actively updated thing. Okay. So you'll see more of our new beers, more of what's coming up, more mm-hmm. of the events that are happening. 
Uh, we have a website, uh, but because it's really just me doing these things, it's uh -huh. a little bit out of date sometimes. Uh -huh. Uh, but it has I kind of understand that because doing the podcast, it's uh, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I, get... I, I started logging my time a little bit, and for every <laughs> every half hour interview, I put two and a half hours into it right behind it. At so. least, right? You got to do all the editing. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, you've only got you got Twitter, you got Instagram, you got Facebook. Yeah, you, you know, I think the Crooked You did it right. They bought a domain, they pointed it to Facebook. Uh -huh. They don't have to monkey That's, with the yeah. website. They don't yeah. have to monkey. We even have an app. Yep. That it's never up there. Nobody even knows. We don't. Nobody's using it. Uh -huh. so we made it last year and <laughs> had to kind of put it on the shelf for now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So Facebook is the best way okay. to follow us. Um, you know, you just like the page. You, there's a way to subscribe to the page so you get the right. posts. Okay. Um, yeah. And I'll put links up, folks, so you can uh, get right to the Facebook page and the web page. And of course, the best way to see what's going on down here is just to get your butt down here. No doubt. Yeah. Guys, it's probably anywhere from 20 minutes to a half hour away from you. It's worth it. Yeah, and it's always beer 30. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a beer snob, and it's good. So. Great. Well, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> well, dear, thanks again for being on the show, and I uh, wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for having me. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.